Episode 59, Mark Lassoff says, please don't make an online course. The Online Course Guy podcast. Regular people are taking their knowledge and content and packaging it up in an online course and they're making a living doing it. Didn't you take some kind of course that covered this stuff? Check it out. It's a good course. It'd be a good class. Ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready? Here's the online course guy, Jeff Hopkins. Let's go. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Jacques Hopkins here, and welcome to another episode of the Online Course Guy podcast. Today, I will be interviewing Mark Lassoff, who is a programming guy, and he's he's come a long way. He's been doing online courses for a long time. He's actually doing some really cool things with streaming to you know Roku's and Hulu and things like that, and we'll get into that in the interview. But first, let me tell you about our sponsor, which is Bonjoro.com. With Bonjoro, you can quickly and easily send short videos to your customers or really to anybody that has an email address. I recommend you send a Bonjoro to people when they sign up for your online course, but you can also think outside the box and send Bonjoros to people for just about any reason you want to. You can get started with a free trial of Bonjoro by heading to bonjoro.com slash Jacques. That's B-O-N-J-O-R-O.com slash J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. So my favorite thing from today's episode was a discussion with Mark about an article he wrote a year or two ago called Please Don't Make an Online Course. And when I was doing a little bit of research on Mark before we chatted, I came across that article and I kind of cringed at first because I was like, oh no, is he going to tell me on the podcast like that I'm crazy and that I shouldn't be teaching people how to do online courses and that nobody should be doing online courses. But I definitely invite you to check out that article because what he's saying is that just because you have an idea for an online online course, you want to make an online course, doesn't mean you're going to be successful. There's this glamour associated with having an online business and an online course, and it can come across that it's easy and that everybody should be doing it. No, it's going to take hard work. You want to do it the right way. You want to give people an experience and a transformation with your online course. You don't want to just have some run-of-the-mill course that's just like every other course and charge pennies for it, and you want to charge top dollar and have the highest quality students and make sure your students are successful as possible. But I'm going to let Mark explain that even better than I just did in this interview because that was my favorite thing and we get into a good discussion about that among other things in the full interview starting right now. Mark, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I just read an article that you wrote about a year ago called Please Don't Make an Online Course. And as somebody that has a successful online course in piano and that teaches others how to make online courses, I was a little worried about that title. But I have to say, I 1,000% agree with the sentiment and the main message of the article. For those that haven't read it, can you kind of describe what you're talking about there? Yeah. When I wrote that article, I was frustrated with the quality of the online course field in general. I think a lot of people took it as a get-rich-quick scheme and believed the hype that they could uh, make a course and immediately, you know, step two was buy a yacht. And I, I think that, you know, it goes back to who should be teaching and the people who should be teaching are experts, 
people who actually really, you know, know their field, you know, so you shouldn't be teaching something you learned yesterday from a 13 year old Ukrainian with a cold on YouTube, you know, and there really is a difference between courses made by experts and courses made by people who um, are just trying to make a buck. So I was frustrated by that situation and, you know, it was getting harder and harder to cut through the chaff and find the really good stuff um, inside the stuff that was just simply well marketed and wasn't any good. So my main message was to differentiate your content and don't do the 70,000th course on basic HTML or I'm sure in your field on, on basic keyboard. You know, there's you have to differentiate through your personality, through what you actually teach, and and I think through how much and what you actually give to your to your learners. So you mentioned something about how people just feel like you can get rich overnight with an online course. You know, you mentioned you know step one, make an online course. Step two, buy a yacht. Why do you think that people think that? I think there's a lot of reasons. I think, you know, at the very beginning, I was uh, one of those first instructors on Udemy who made hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars relatively quickly. Uh, first mover's advantage, as you find with any new media or technology. And, you know, in the need for platforms to expand um, and the quote-unquote need for certain less scrupulous individuals to uh, sell courses they made it seem easy. You know, they made it seem like uh, it's, it's really is any course is going to make a lot of money, going to make you rich. And in that term of uh, what is it? Passive income, which I don't even really believe in, you know, was bandied about a lot. So people thought that this was the new internet gold mine. And, you know, it's funny because some of the same characters from, you know, when eBay was the gold mine or eBooks was the gold mine, they just moved over to online courses, you know, same routine, different day. So I think that's a lot of it. And I think there's we're still going through the vestiges of that. But like any other media, and I do consider this just another form of media, as it matures, um, there's going to be less of that because, you know, the people who are out for a quick buck are going to be disappointed that it didn't happen. Yeah, that's that's great insight, Mark. And I, my opinion uh, of one reason that people feel that way is because most of the time you only hear about the wild success stories, you know? right. When I started my online course about six years ago, that's pretty much all I heard was the, you know, the, the launch one day, next day you have a million dollars in your bank account. Right. So why wouldn't I think that my story, my situation wouldn't, would be any different? Because you, you didn't hear about the flops. It's typical, you know? it's typical survivor's bias, which is dangerous in almost any field because you have two things wrong. One, you only hear from the survivors, the people who did well. And two, and perhaps even more importantly, then they have to cognitively reconstruct why they were successful. I'll be the first to tell you at first, the reason I was successful on Udemy, the reason I built that, that following and, and was able to sell, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of courses besides first movers advantage was luck. And nobody wants to hear that because then I can't sell you the secret formula. <laughs> well, it sounds like you were one of those kind of raging success stories yourself. I would say that I wasn't, you know, I, I sold like one copy of my course in the first several months. And I'm like, what's different? Like, I didn't hear any stories like this. And for me, it was much more just slow and steady mm -hmm. growth. What, which, mo which, mo which most people don't have the patience for, right? I mean, if they're not an overnight success, they'll go look for the next, the next big thing. Do you think that's why most people fail? 
Um, no, I mean, I honestly think, you know, in, in any type of business, and this is a business, you know, if it's not working, you should quit and go on to something else. Um, I, I, I think too many people spend way too much time who aren't talented at this, you know, trying to sell courses that aren't going to make them any money. I, I honestly believe, you know, in failing fast so you can don't waste your time and can go on to something else. And I also think, you know, it was uh, for a while I've seen these weird posts and some of the forums on Facebook like, where people were like, you know, I really don't like making courses and I don't want to finish it. What should I do? And I'm like the only one who says, don't finish it. Like who says you have to do this? Do it if you enjoy it. Because, you know, like you said, it's probably going to be a slog for the first couple of years. So if you're not enjoying it, you know, go your time on the beach. So, so given all this, you know, somebody that does want to make an online course and they, mm-hmm. they have decided to differentiate themselves and not just make another run-of-the-mill course and are determined to finish it, like what advice do you have for that person to eventually be successful? Learn production skills. Um, you know, it's people make the mistake of thinking that their course is going to be compared to other educational material. You know, the old like educational film strips that you might have seen if you're my age when you were in elementary school. But the, the fact is that your content is going to be compared to other media. It's going to be compared to what people are seeing on Netflix or the documentary they watched on Amazon or what they're seeing from top YouTube creators. So you don't get a pass for not knowing how to do production. Um, you don't get a pass for bad lighting, although ironically, I've got bad lighting right now. <laughs> um, you, don't, you don't get a pass for having poor audio because all of that is distracting to the, to the viewer and they're going to go on to something else. So I think learning production is the, one of the most ignored but important things for people who want to get into this. Do you think th- that that's your answer? Because I'm asking you that in 2018 and, and where media is today, and your your answer would have been different six, seven, eight years ago. I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't. I think you know it's probably too short of a time frame. Um, to really say that, you know, my answer would have changed drastically. One of the things that we've always provided ourselves, and and I say we because we're a company, I'm not one guy making courses. We have almost 20 employees at this point, um, is, is, is our production value. Is that, you know, the production was better. Our slides looked good. We had a graphic designer on staff. It was usable and readable. Um, and also, you know, our instructors were talented on camera. Um, the reason I think I got lucky is because I am talented on camera. I am good at talking to the camera. I have a good voice. I actually have media experience. And I think that helped at first differentiate me from others out there who were trying this. That doesn't mean like you can't succeed if you're ugly and have an annoying voice. Because if you really have something good to teach that's not overrepresented in the market, there's probably people who are going to buy from you. But the, there's an advantage, I think, if you're good at production and, you know, you have people on camera who belong there. So one of my favorite lines from the article that I referenced was, we've gone from selling $10 courses to $2,000 life transitions. What do those words life transitions mean to you? You know, every course sells a transition to some extent, or it should. Um, and that's a transition from where someone is at to where they want to be. We sell technical courses. So, you know, we sell a transition from being underemployed and somewhat desperate about it and not being able to make the money you want to being certified, competent, and professional in the field of development. Um, It's not a transition that happens overnight. The program is 20 weeks at a minimum. Um, But 
it is a program that has facilitated life changes. We have students who are working at Fortune 500 companies now who've advanced within their own careers because they've taken our program. So I want to shift gears a little bit and get into some of the courses that you have been a part of. You mentioned your success on Udemy. What was the first course that you put together? Introduction to JavaScript. Don't make that one now. There's about 8,000 of them. Yeah, I actually took a course uh, recently on Udemy because I was I wanted to experiment with the platform and I took a like SEO for Udemy uh, course so I could learn how to rank the little piano course that I was putting up. And Scott, Java, Scott, Scott Duffy's course. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yes, and I think, Scott's, Scott's a close friend of mine. Good, good. So he, I think he used that example um, throughout his training about how crowded that, that market is. But if yep. you did, you know, if you did get into it, here's the problems with some of the ones that are listed. And if you made one, here's what you could do to rank above these courses. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, SEO, of course, within the Udemy, uh, Udemy search engine is elusive, right? Because they could make a change tomorrow that busts all that effort that you made. You know, and also you, the Udemy search engine, believe it or not, is still um, immature enough where there are hacks that you can use to to game your ranking. Um, I'm not going to disclose what those are here, but, you know, there's some unethical ways to hack your ranking, which um, you know doesn't allow the best courses to float to the top. But one of the things I think that has been successful in Udemy over the years is that you know, overall, some of the best content and best instructors have floated to the top. They're there for a reason. So what year was this when you made your first course on Udemy? 2011. I made it. It's kind of an interesting story. I'll I'll just ask and answer my own questions. Um, It's kind of an interesting story in that I um, was a corporate technical trainer traveling all over the world teaching coding. So I had a great set of clients, um, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Lockheed, Grumman. So every week was a different airplane, hotel. Someone was making my bed, preparing my food. It was great. And then I came down with colon cancer, and all of a sudden I couldn't travel. So what they don't tell you about recovery from cancer is that you're not so violently ill that you can't work, but you can't travel. So you're kind of in this in-between place, and I was bored out of my mind. How much Price is Right can you watch? Because that's what you watch when you're ill, right? So I eventually found Udemy. And at the time it was, I mean, brand new. And I put together a JavaScript course in a few weeks and put it online. And to my surprise, people started buying it. But at that point, I think Udemy was so immature and the courses on there were overall really poor. Just having something that was generally well presented and well thought out with a curriculum that made sense, made it stand out. What happened next? Did you eventually get off of Udemy? No, um, I still participate in Udemy. Udemy is part of what we offer as a company. We're now, we've uh, moved on to a new brand called Framework Television, where we're now doing um, two daily television shows plus a couple of weekly shows, expanding to 10 daily shows uh, in January. And we've started an over-the-top television network that teaches people digital skills. All of that video content that they get is free. Um, and it can be augmented by a small membership for $9.99 a month. But part of our offerings is Udemy courses because there's a place for $10 courses where people who you know want to take an either informal course, don't have $1,000 to commit, want to get their, their toes wet. So we still offer a massive number of courses on Udemy because we find that you know there's certainly a place for that. Now, more serious students 
aren't going to be going through Udemy, but they're going to be going direct to frameworktv.com. And they're going to be going to our Academy site and they're going to be taking the, um, you know, the, the larger bootcamp courses. So it's really, you know, almost by design as someone becomes more involved with our brand, more involved with learning that they move down to, to the items that, you know, frankly, we couldn't offer on Udemy because it's interactive because you know, they have an assigned instructor who's, who's talking with them, you know, via Skype. So, you know, it's a different type of experience, but Udemy is still very much part of our plan and, and, and we're very proud to be part of the Udemy family still. Would you say that you're using one of the, one of the advantages to using Udemy, like you are selling these less expensive courses is just a funnel into your more premium courses? I suppose it happens. Um, you know, the ethical way to treat Udemy is not to steal the audience that they've, that they've developed because, you know, that's their audience that they have spent money procuring and that, you know, is going to my courses. So I, you know, don't think that's a really good funnel. And for most people, it hasn't worked because someone buying courses on Udemy, frankly, is a different audience than someone who's looking for that large life transition that they're willing to pay $2,000 for. So, you know, while I guess, you know, it could be part of the funnel, what really drives our funnel now is going to be the TV shows, which are going to be available on Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Vizio TVs. That's really what drives our funnel. Our Udemy students, I, I'm sure, find us um, and, and, you know, do come off of Udemy on occasion. But by and large, when we source our students who, you know, buy our longer, more expensive programs, they didn't even know we were on Udemy. Are you still teaching on camera at all? Absolutely. Uh, We just published the second episode of Build. Each week I build a different mobile app or digital uh, app with the audience. Uh, That's going to be, that's available on YouTube right now. Uh, Tomorrow will be on Amazon Fire, Roku shortly after that. Um, I also host my own courses. Um, which are available to our gold members and some on Udemy. Um, I think, you know, the key to this business is I got into this because I'm a teacher. I've always loved teaching. I was, that's what I was doing before cancer. I was traveling around and teaching. So, you know, this for me is the thing I would do if they didn't pay me. Um, so that's very much going to be a part of what I do. And the experts say, you know, don't work on your business. Don't work in your business, work on your business. But for me, you know, I think if I'm not teaching, it sends a message about what we're really about. And, you know, we really are a teaching organization. And I want that to be at the forefront of everybody's mind because it's easy to get caught up in video production and finances and all the other things that you need to do to make a business run. Mark, you're the first person I've talked to on this podcast. And I've talked to a lot of people with successful online courses that has gotten into this uh, newer type of media. You you mentioned the Fire Stick and the Roku and, and all that. Yeah. How do you, how do, I mean, I know you have extensive background in that type of stuff, but how would, so, how would somebody like me, for example, like how would I start, you know, streaming some sort of piano content in, on that yeah. format? So, I mean, I think that is where you'd start because, I mean, what I'm doing takes investment and is expensive, you know, because we've got to produce now on a weekly basis hours of content um, and have a way of distributing it. At, uh, the platform alone that we do that on is thousands of dollars a month. So I think that's a down the road thing for a lot of individual instructors. It requires a team. You know, we have a team, like I said, of almost 20, but that doesn't mean you can't get started in this. And I think streaming is, is the way to do it. So YouTube, Facebook, both offer streaming opportunities. 
it's a great experience. It'll make you a better instructor because you're live on camera. Everything we still do is pre-recorded. You know, that streaming allows you to build that audience. And there are very successful streamers making money now in gaming and all sorts of different areas. I mean, it's live TV. So, and you can do that with very, very rudimentary equipment. You don't need a giant studio or, you know, studios or, or anything besides a regular internet connection, laptop, and what you have to record your online courses. So I, I think streaming is a good way to start. If you were to want to get into the space of over-the-top television, digital television, um, you've got to have enough content to support that coming out on a regular basis. If you're at that point, you know, start researching the field of OTT and, and seeing how it's done. Um, you know, uh, but I, I don't think that's that's necessarily something for everybody because, like I said, the resources to do it successfully um, really are, are are considerable. Mark, what are you struggling with in your business these days? As always, sourcing the, the right technical talent who can both teach on camera and uh, has the technical knowledge. It's it's an odd combination to find both. We're in the beautiful city of New Haven, Connecticut which has the single best university in the world, not a hundred yards from my office. So that helps a little bit, but I've also found that like, you know, for production students over from Southern Connecticut state have been helpful, but finding those people who want to teach and be on camera and, and, you know, don't fall apart is, is really difficult. That's always the struggle for me is, is finding the right people to, to put next to my logo. If you could go back to 2011, when you, came up with your first course and, and know everything that you know today, is there anything you would have done differently? Oh yeah. I mean, we made loads and loads of mistakes along the way, hired too many people too quickly, um, expanded into areas that uh, were completely unsuccessful. You know, for a while, everyone and their brother was building their own course platform and we'd participate in them and none of them would be successful. It was a tremendous waste of time and effort to participate in all these platforms that essentially went nowhere. Some of them well-funded. What was it called? iStock Photo had their own learning platform that went under. So, I mean, you know, some of these were not, you know, one guy in his garage. So, I mean, I think, you know, we wouldn't have done that. Uh, Some of the people who we hired over time, you know, uh, we got overextended financially for a period of time. There's lots of mistakes we made, but I wouldn't, I never could have predicted in 2011 that this is where I'd be now. I assumed when I started this, I'd eventually be back on the road teaching and this would be a little bit of a side income. Well, Mark, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for joining me and answering my questions so thoughtfully. It's, it's very clear you're passionate about your business and online courses in general and making sure people do them the right way. So to wrap things up, let us know if there's anything you want to share with the audience and where people can find your stuff online. Yeah, absolutely. Just check us out at frameworktv.com. Uh, and there you'll, you'll see our, our rapidly changing because we're actually in the mid- middle of launch this week. We actually officially launched yesterday. So there you can sign up and see what we do. There's no cost to it. So if you're interested, just as a, even just as a person who's curious about the online course world and how far you can take it, you know, sign up. And, and of course, I'm always available. I'm happy to talk to anyone who's getting into this and, and you know, help them any way I can. I'm Mark at FrameworkTV.com. So feel free to reach out. Love to hear from people. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. That's going to do it for episode 59. You can check out all the detailed show notes and links from today's episode by going to the onlinecourseguide.com slash 59. Of course, check out today's sponsor, Bonjoro, by going to bonjoro.com slash Jacques for your free 14-day trial. 
and check out the free online course workshop that I've got waiting for you at theonlinecourseguy.com. And that's going to show you how to create or grow a wildly profitable online course business. And stay tuned for the next episode where I'm coming at you with another interview, this time with Mike Gonsalves, who has courses on being the best version of you. 